Branching out solo from a music group is never an easy feat. The audiences don't always warm up to the sound of one familiar voice when they're used to a blended sound. However, sometimes going solo works beautifully. And in the case of Beyonce Knowles, that is exactly what happened. In 2003, Beyonce released her debut solo album, Dangerously in Love, after being with Destiny's Child for almost six years. The album is a 2000s R&B staple and marked the beginning of a career of one of the most celebrated entertainers. Today, with the help of a fellow Beyonce fan and a friend of mine who you guys will meet later, we fall dangerously in love. Hey everybody, my name is Michael Kadosh and I'm here to welcome you all to Planet 2000s, a place where we celebrate pop music's most iconic moments from the most iconic decade in pop music history. Let's dive in. What's up, you guys? Welcome to Planet 2000s. This is Michael Kadosh, and I am really excited about this week's episode because we're going to be trying out a different format. Now, for those of you guys who have listened before, you know that it's typically a 20-25 minute kind of history lesson, and we're going to continue doing the history lesson portion. But for certain albums that are just so iconic, you know, you just have to get deeper into it. I've decided to bring on some guests, so I know I'm going to be bringing on some friends of mine and just other fellow music lovers that I know. And we're going to be going deep into each album. It's not going to be all the time, but you guys can let me know how you feel about this episode, what you think about it. And I'll definitely be doing more of these types of episodes in the future if you guys like them. So today we will be joined by my friend Britt. And Britt is a huge Beyonce fan and Beyonce stan. So it's going to be a very fun time. <laughs> but before we get into all of that, I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of a breakdown of the Dangerous Scene Love album and era. The Dangerous Scene Love album by Beyonce Knowles released on June 24th, 2003. It was Beyonce's first ever solo album. Now, for those of you who don't know, which like, why are you even listening to this podcast if you don't know this? <laughs> Beyonce was a part of Destiny's Child and Destiny's Child were you know, some of my childhood idols. And, you know, they had a lot of success as an R&B girl group. They all decided to go solo in the early 2000s after a couple of years of amazing success together. Beyonce's effort was dangerously in love. Now, the album, which was recorded between March 2002 and March 2003, was actually supposed to be released in the fall of 2002. Originally, what Columbia Records wanted to do is each Destiny's Child member was planning to go solo. So they were going to promote them each at separate times. That way there would be no clashing and no competition between the girls. But since Kelly Rowland's song with Nelly Dilemma was doing so well for so long, Columbia decided to push back Dangerously in Love by like six months. And while Beyonce was a little bit upset about that, at the end of the day, it worked out in her favor because she got to go back into the studio and regroup and re-record and make some new tracks. And some of those songs ended up being the biggest hits on the album. So I'm sure Beyonce's grateful for that. The Dangerously in Love album featured the singles Crazy in Love, Baby Boy, Naughty Girl, and Me, Myself, and I. We will obviously get into all the music when... We are joined by Brit. We shall go back to a little bit before those songs came out, the era when Beyonce was recording the album. Now, she actually did two movies in this time as well. She released some buzz singles, Work It Out, and an Indie Club remix, which was kind of a spinoff of 50 Cent's Indie Club. She called it Sexy Little Thug. Like I said earlier, it was pushed back due to Dilemma. Beyonce's album was more R&B. The other girls in Destiny's Child were going a little bit different. Michelle was doing gospel, and Kelly was going a little bit more pop, so they were really trying to create an individual personality for each girl. While most R&B albums are about love, Beyonce took it to a different level. It was not just love. It was every step of love. It was the beginning of love. It was the love making. It was the after effects of love. It was about being, don't mind my pun, dangerously in love. I titled my album Dangerously in Love because it talks about basically the steps in relationships and the steps of love. From the first moment you meet a guy and you're attracted to him, to the first time you realize you really like him, to the first time you realize you might be falling in love, to the first time you make love, to the first time you break up and you have to depend on yourself. And it's really sweet and sexy and um, it shows a more vulnerable side. And I say dangerously in love because I feel like when love is real, it's a little scary. And that scary feeling feels a little dangerous. Musically, the album's tracks are a mixture of up-tempo songs and ballads, all of which are primarily R&B songs. Beyonce also incorporated elements of soul, hip-hop, and Arabic music into the album. My album is very eclectic. I have a different variation of, of different types of music from reggae to hip-hop to Middle Eastern to jazz. Um, I took songs from the 70s that um, inspired me from um, Shiggy Otis, who is a classic 70s artist, um, to uh, duets with 
hip-hop artists, Jay-Z, Sean Paul, Lil' Kim, to legendary people like Luther Vandross. Um, I love the fact that it's so different from any other R&B record that I've heard, and I really wanted to make a statement artistically. I wanted to show my growth vocally and as a writer, and um, from a young lady to a woman. And I think I accomplished that. And it's, it's really amazing how different the songs are, but it still sounds like one album. Now, when the album got actually released, the success was almost immediate. Danger Scene Love hit number one for eight weeks on the US Billboard Hot 100. Baby Boy was number one for nine weeks on the Billboard Hot 100. Me, Myself, and I hit number four, while Naughty Girl hit number three. So we're talking about back to back to back top singles. And the bus singles that were released before the album came out, Work It Out, which was from the Austin Powers movie, and Into Club's Sexy Little Thug remix pretty much went nowhere on the charts. So a lot of people were actually very skeptical about Beyonce and would she be able to be that solo star? And she more than proved everybody wrong. You know, the album hit number one in the US. When we're comparing the other Destiny's Child members and their first albums, it's quite the difference. Michelle's gospel album, debuted with 17,000 copies sold in the first week, while Kelly's solo album debuted with 77,000 copies. So we're talking like almost 300,000 more copies. So Beyonce truly had a different audience than the other members of Destiny's Child. And, you know, I don't think that that came as a surprise to many people simply because Beyonce was put as the front woman of that group. Even in the later years when, you know, Michelle was doing the bridge and Kelly would do backgrounds and, you know, other verses and whatnot, Beyonce was always the focus and people were really eager, myself included, to hear what Beyonce would come up with. You know, you guys, I was a huge fan of this album and I was a huge fan of Destiny's Child, but for some reason, I really was only kind of concerned with Beyonce's solo work because she just had that spark. She has that iconic status of a Janet Jackson, of a... Barbara Streisand, somebody even bigger. Do you know what I mean? She's just another level of iconic. But one thing I've always loved about Beyonce is that she never let the naysayers and the media put her against her sisters, her sisters in Destiny's Child. And she actually really took their opinions on her new records into consideration when she was recording. Kelly came down to Miami. I was recording in Miami. She visited me for about a week while I was recording my album. So I had her there for a while. And the very beginning stages I played for Michelle and Kelly, they actually haven't heard every single song because I just finished. Um, but they heard the majority of the record. I always want to get their opinions because I completely respect them. And if they like things, then I know it's, it's right. Still, I still, you know, I still want to hear it from them. <laughs> Destiny's Child will be in the studio next summer. And I know we have a song coming out on the Fighting Temptation soundtrack. And um, I just basically plan to have a successful solo record. And I, when I say successful solo record, I mean a timeless record that people really enjoy. Um, I want to make an artistic statement and I want people to appreciate and respect me as an artist. Um, I think that's what successful is for me. And I want Destiny's Child to come back and kill it. I want us each to grow individually, become stronger, and write some great songs together and do something unpredictable and different and basically show the world that girls can get along and girls can love each other and girls can go do solo records that are successful and still come back and love their group members and, and have fun doing music because they all love music. To this day, you know, the girls are still very close and they do performances together, which is amazing. And they're all happy for Beyonce's success. And with this album, she saw lots of it. You know, like I said, she sold all those records, 11 million copies worldwide, 5 million in the USA, a number one album in the US, Canada, Germany, Ireland, Norway, Scotland, and the UK, as well as winning five Grammys and three MTV Video Music Awards. So I think it's safe to say that Danger Scene Love is one of the most successful albums to come out of the 2000s. Okay. How, do you, how does this feel, really? It's surreal. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, I'm speechless. I don't, I still haven't realized what has happened this year. Uh-huh. Um, it's just a whirlwind. It's been, it's just, I really, I, I'm speechless, obviously. I can't describe it. It's been a dream. I always dreamed of winning a Grammy. And I was blessed to win three with Destiny's Child. Right. And I was just as excited when I won um, the five. 
That album gave us so much more. It gave us iconic music. And now, you guys, I am so excited because after this little mini break, I'll be bringing my friend Brittany on and we'll be talking track by track the Dangerously in Love album, our opinions, our thoughts, our memories. And I hope you guys like it. I just wanted to take a moment to let you guys know where you can find me on social media. I am on Instagram at Planet2000s, or you can hit me up on my personal page at Michael Kadosh, C-A-D-O-C-H. If you guys want to talk about some good old pop music or just reminisce about some good times, then make sure to hit me up there. I'm also on Twitter or Facebook at Michael Kadosh. Back to the pod. What is up? Hi. Oh my God. I walked away to get a mimosa, and then you called me while I was in the kitchen. Get your life. <laughs> You're looking beautiful. I just need everyone to know that I haven't actually seen Brit in a very long time, so like this is nice. Okay, I want you to tell everybody who you are. I am Brittany. Um, I go by poetic lyricist most places. I am a poet, a singer, mm-hmm. a chef, which those things don't commingle, but shit, I make it look good. Um, hey, they I could. am right. <laughs> I am actually just uh, came out as non-binary. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Because, you know, I loved your post. It was beautiful. Thank you. But yeah, I just had to, you know, let everybody know that, you know, for me, it's not really a matter of gender, but more so my being. Yeah. And yeah, that's a little bit about me. I'm almost 28, which is very stressful. Oh, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. The second I turned 25, it was like I felt a shift in my body. And I'm like, all right, I got to get my shit together. <laughs> like, right. What? And now I'm like, oh, I'm almost two years to 30. Great. You know what? It's just a number at the end of the day. It's all about how you feel. Queen B, who we're talking about today, is what now? 39? She's going to be 40 this year? Like, yeah, still, it's gonna be great. still as ethereal and youthful as ever. So age is just a number. That's that is true. Say. This is what we're going to be doing today. We are talking about Dangerously in Love, Beyonce's mm. first ever album. And when I'm thinking I have the track listing on my little computer in front of me. And I'll just go track by track. We'll say what we think about the song, what we remember, what we love about it, what we don't like about it. Mm. And we're just going to keep it 100, but like all under a good respectful love because we of are course. we are stands at the end of the day. Okay, so before we start, do you have like a m- memory of the actual album itself, like growing up with it or whatnot? Yeah. It was actually the first, like, physical album that someone, like, gifted me Days that I didn't have to buy. Because I had to buy all my albums. Mm-hmm. But that was the first gift I got. And when I tell you I was the happiest little kid ever, oh, my God. <laughs> that album was, uh, it came out in the summertime, I remember. It was in June. And I remember, like, that first summer with it. And just learning, because I was a huge Destiny's Child fan. We should keep, yep. like, this is her first solo album. But we all knew Destiny's Child. So this was, like, very anticipated. Like, we all wanted to know what this sound what her solo sound would be like because remember she had the song with austin powers that was before like yeah check it up work it out check up on it or was it work it out work yeah it out was... check on it was pink panther oh yeah same that vibe though the... track number one crazy in love featuring jay-z i want you to just tell me what you feel about crazy in love because it's my favorite beyonce song ever just by the way Really? It's my favorite Beyonce song ever. Yeah. Honestly, I love that song. Crazy in Love is amazing. Vocally, she just gives you everything you want. Everything. The the feature with Jay-Z, obviously, is iconic. Mm. And as she goes through her career, you see that it's literally like when they do a, a feature together, more so on her end, but just in general... It's just absolutely amazing. They've basically and, yeah. had like a, t- a whole career of music together at this point. Like we're talking exactly. like forty plus songs. Like they're their own act on its on its own. Exactly. So they're their individuals, but when they get together, it's just magic. And honestly, that song, when you hear that song, you can't help but want to shake your ass. Like you just no, want to, like, you know, you want to do the crazy and love dance. It's just how it goes. And I think the video is what took this to the next level for this song 100% because you associate all the outfits and all the dance moves like they're so I don't know I feel like this is one of those videos that like that white outfit with those short like little hot pants that's like one of those like Britney snake outfits like you know that's crazy you know what I mean Normani did it recently actually right in the motivation Mm -hmm. video yeah so I know. just think that song is just when you think Beyonce, that's probably one of the first songs you're gonna think about. A hundred percent. I have such a memory. I have a few memories with this song. Just because like I've known it since it came out. 2003, so I would have been eight years old, right? What yeah. am I, 26, 25? That's a, pretty much my whole life. Earliest memory is I remember it came out the same year as In the Club with 50 Cent. Side note, before I continue, 
whoever you or whoever's listening, do you guys remember Beyonce's version of In the Club that she came out Sexy Little Thug remix? Like, <laughs> was so good. Oh my gosh, legendary. So it was like that whole era of music. And my brother was a huge fan of Fifty Cent. And I remember saying, "Well, my favorite song of the year is Crazy Love, and that was the number one song of the summer." And he's like, "Well, In the Club was the number one song of the year." And I was like, "Okay, goodbye." <laughs> But this is my favorite one. My first time I was ever drunk in my life. I remember it. I was 17 years old. It was my after prom. I, I'd never been drunk in my life. I was a very, very good boy. We were at an after prom and I just remember this song comes on. And to this day, all my friends can say they remember me going, this is my favorite fucking song ever. <laughs> like screaming and just going full on like insane. And this my, it's just it just, I associate it with my first time being drunk. I don't know why. So it's just my party song. It turns me like all the way up. It makes me feel so good. There's a reason it's, it was number one for good. eight weeks. That's all I'm going to say. Well, that's what I'm saying. And I, I remember when that song came out. Like, I remember every time it came on the radio, I would tell my stepmom to turn the, the radio about all the way. Just because I was like, no, like, Beyonce is playing. And it wasn't even about, sometimes it wasn't even about the song for me. It was about the fact that it was Beyonce. It was about the fact that Destiny's Child had their own stuff but Beyonce gave me mm-hmm. music yeah and that's all I wanted I I used to I in Destiny's Child I used to learn all of Beyonce's runs exactly. just because it was Beyonce so when she gave me an album oh my god I was like oh my god oh my god I don't know what to do with myself my stepmom was like you're obsessed and I'm like yeah I am it was and the beginning okay. of like amazing things to come So basically, legendary first single, I would say. Strong choice for first single. I think she made the right choice with this one. Next track on the album, Naughty Girl. Now, this song, another smash, a Mm -hmm. smash and a half, sexy track, but not too inappropriate that you couldn't jam to it when you were eight years old. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Amazing sample, Donna Summer, Love to Love You Baby. Tell me you know that song, Britt. Oh, of course I do. When of she moans for six minutes straight, like <sighs> such a good. As you should. So I was always surprised that they that Donna Summer let her use this because TLC used this song in a sample for "I'm Good at Being Bad." It wasn't a single, but it was on the fan mail album, yeah. and she didn't like the song when it came out, and she made them take it off for future pressings of the album. So I was surprised that she let Beyonce do this, but I think it turned out really, really well. I love the video for this too. I mean, it's Beyonce. Uh, you could know? you say no to Beyonce? Exactly. But you know what? I feel like at that point you could because she wasn't the Beyonce then that she is now. But she gave... But remember what Destiny's Child gives you. Yeah. Destiny's Child gave you the high quality that Beyonce gives you now as an artist. Uh, yeah. You can tell oh, she was yeah. groomed for it. So to be honest with you, I really think that she was going to let her use it. And I feel like she used the feature. She used the sample well. She used it really well. She used well. it very well. And she sounds beautiful with it. I, I actually never knew the Donna Summer song growing up. I just knew this song. I learned the Donna Summer song later, of course. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh my God, that's where she gets it from. I love the video, Usher, in the video. Like, that was a thing. Oh, so good. Yo, I would have loved it if they had... I wonder if they ever had a flame. Do you think? I wish I wish I knew. I, I really wish I knew. But I feel like her life, like her, her the majority of her life was... Jay-Z like I, I just feel like she never really had that nobody like, really knew much about Beyonce's private life. she really ca- was always very good at keeping her private life private yeah but I also feel like Dangerously in Love the album gives you that like an, a deeper understanding of their relationship yeah no well once we get into the more some of the songs definitely mm, um, yeah. the Naughty Girl <laughs> video just going back to that my favorite outfit I want to ask you what yours is is you know when she's in the champagne glass why did you take one? Uh, that like, <laughs> that is just so good. Uh, Very, that video is iconic. Okay? Iconic. Any video from this, I think any video from this album is iconic. Why? Because a, it's her first ones doing solo, but b, it was so well put together. No, it was it was quality. Yeah, and innovation because she was doing sexy, but she was keeping it creative and she was keeping it classy. It, that's what I always loved about Beyonce, actually. Yeah, for sure. It, it was the the classiness and like. The thing is that she said naughty girl like you didn't feel you felt like empowered in a yeah. sense like it was like you were empowered sexually you weren't you know like raunchy like our shit is now like it it's it's Thank not you. like oh like i feel euphoric like oh my gosh i'm a naughty girl but like take me but take me classy like well now it's about our wet ass pussies of course oh. <laughs> anyways because um, <laughs> i'm not discussing the wop um <laughs> But yeah, 
I feel like it was like hey. I listen to that when I want to be empowered, like yes. when I want to feel like my sexiest. I'll like pull out Naughty Girl and just be like, yeah, this makes me feel like you know. If you ever want to take a mirror selfie, listen to Naughty Girl in the 100%. background. You'll get some faces that you just never knew existed because it's just empowering. It makes you feel sexy, but it makes you feel sexy in a classy way. And that's that's how I want to feel sexy. I always want to feel sexy in a classy way. I don't want to be raunchy with it. A hundred percent. Well, that's, yeah, that's why, that's like I said, that's why I always love Beyonce. This is like one of those just bad bitch songs also, Naughty Girl, I find. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Number three on this album. Have you ever seen that meme or like that tweet that goes around? Like, what's your favorite trio of songs on an album? Have you seen that tweet that goes? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm submitting Deja Seen Love numbers one, two, and three to this because number three, Baby Boy featuring Sean Paul. Who yeah. the fuck goes from Crazy in Love to Naughty Girl to Baby Boy in the same album? Like, what? <gasps> smash, she, smash. Beyonce, no, listen, I don't think anybody understands. Beyonce set a standard for herself in the beginning of her career. It's kind she of insane. said, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going we to do We should point out well. Beyonce was 21 years old when this album came out, and she had already been in Destiny's Child for f- six years publicly, and, like, since she was a little girl, like, privately, of course. Yeah. So, like, this is kind of amazing. So, Baby Boy, what do you feel about this song? That song is my everything, okay? I remember being... How old was I when that song came out? I can't even remember. 2003, fall of 03. So you would have been what, 10? 10, solid 10. I was in my room doing the dances, like singing it. And I remember, oh my God. (laughs) My brother came into the room one day and he's like, I've heard this song eight times. Turn it off. (laughs) And walked out. And I was like, okay, well, turn it off now. It just, I was living for Baby Boy and the Sean Paul feature. Oh my God. He was so hot at that time too. Like he was everywhere. Um, I think that was the Get Busy era. Yeah. Give me the light. Just give me the light. Like that was, that was fire. We love Sean Paul. Anything Sean Paul did was fire. And so for her to get Sean Paul on a feature in her first, in her debut album. Mm Mm-hmm crazy i don't know if you ever saw her performance she did a performance of this um well two of them actually she did a medley of crazy in love and baby boy at the mtv video music awards i don't know if you ever saw the 2003 ones it was kind of like a middle eastern one actually there was some controversy there because people thought she was lip syncing i don't know if she was it it doesn't really matter to me but even if she was she's beyonce she can do what she wants i remember christina aguilera at the time was like on an anti-Britney craze and she was like talking about how only me and Madonna sang live at the MTV Awards therefore implying that Britney and Beyonce lip synced and it was kind of like love you Christina but girl shut up (laughs) yeah yeah so she did that iconic performance and then there was one at the Radio Music Awards the dancing like it was basically a replica of the baby boy video remember when there's that dance break when it's on the sand and she's just giving us Arabian Queen Princess Jasmine in the flesh oh my god (laughs) so amazing she gave us that a a little bit later again with Beautiful Liar but this was the beginning of that and those performances were just so good this song was number one for nine weeks you guys longer at number one than Crazy in Love which is like yeah Yo, it's like back to back. This was her second single, right? So it was like back to back. This is one of those you songs. You couldn't get enough to... of Beyonce in that summer. I remember that. Like it oh. was Beyonce back to back to back. Like you'd go on the radio and you know, radio recycles songs like every hour or so. I love Baby Boy. Such a good song. Okay. So good. Number four. So this was a non-single hip hop star featuring Big Boy and Sleepy Brown. Okay. A little sleepy for me. For me. For me. Just for yeah. me. I like the I like I don't know like hip hop star. There's a part where she goes undress me, and I thought it was a little sexy, which was cool. But it was just... I I don't have much to say about this album uh, this song, only because um, I listened to it again this morning because I was like, okay, I need to remember some of these songs because yeah. I, I I I remember a good eighty percent of this album, right? But there are some songs that when I listen to the album, I'll skip because I'm just like, nah. <laughs> this is one of this them. is one of the <laughs> nah moments. Um, <laughs> it feels I like hear- it was only here because Big Boy was big at the time with Outkast and they needed to bring names yeah. to the album, if you want me to be honest. And yeah, and I think Big Boy really, his verse, he added something to the beginning of that that song. I, once I get past Big Boy's part, I think I listen to a little bit of Beyonce because it's Beyonce, but then I just get like, eh, and then I just kind of skip it. It's not any like disrespect to the song. It's a good song for what it is, and especially considering it's her debut album, you know there's going to be some songs on there that are you know eh. but i mean remember she did record 43 songs for this album and only gave us 15 yeah so realistically i kind of i low-key want to know what else was in those 43 those other tracks but Mm. at the same time it did what it had to do 
And that being said, next, uh, number five. (laughs) (laughs) Number five, this song is great. I love this song, Be With You. This song is so good. Oh, I'd rather be with you. Come on, Beyonce. If you guys, I think people need to really like when they listen to this first album by Beyonce, really pull up some lyrics. Yes. Especially when you get to the second half of the album. Oh, yeah. Um, Because Be With You, if you're listening to it, the first time I listened to it, like, again, as an adult, I, I started to relate it to my own life. I started to relate it to my relationships. And, like, there are some people that, like, when you hear the song, you're like, no, I'd, I'd rather be with you than do anything else. And it's just one of those, like, euphoric, this is what love feels like, feel-good songs Absolutely. that just make me happy inside. I love it. It's so good. And it's, you know why I like it, too? It sounds a little bit old school, but yeah. still having that 2000s R&B vibe that we love and I don't know it has such her her vocals are just so beautiful too and I kind of like how it starts off a little dramatic with the but then it slows down and mellows out and it's just like a a cool mid-tempo track I feel like it could have been a really good R&B radio hit at least if it was released there yeah but you know some things some things I feel like should stay on just the album so You're that right. the fans can find it. Exactly. Uh, there's a performance of this that's that's gone viral on my Twitter. I keep seeing it. It's a live performance that she did of this during the Verizon First Ladies tour. She did a tour at Missy oh. and what and whatnot in this era, and she just goes off in the bridge to this song, and she's she has not done it live since since this time. Who is calling me? Let me decline. We're talking about Beyonce, sweetheart. Okay. <laughs> Was that the ghost of Kelly Rowland? Okay. I'm. Screaming. Oh my god. Okay. So, uh, next track. <laughs> I love Kelly Rowland. That was not shade. I actually really love Kelly Rowland. I really do love her. Oh um, number six, Me, Myself, and I. Second favorite uh, Beyonce song of all time. 100%. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe tied with Crazy in Love. For me, this song is everything. I can't tell you how many... Listen, if we're going to go dark for three seconds, I can't tell you how many times in my like lowest moments did I turn to this song and be like, <sighs> and just breathe yeah. and cry it out and just breathe. Because as much as it's about relationships, it's also just about loving yourself. And sometimes that hard moment of realizing at the end, you really do only have you, but you're fucking fucking great. Right. And I really do, I really do love this song. I actually remember being like 13 and you know, remember LimeWire when you have to get everything off LimeWire. There was this file that I found that was a whole bunch of Beyonce songs, Destiny's Child songs. And of course I downloaded it. I have this recollection of a Me, Myself and I remix that just blows me out of the water. And to this day, I can't find it. And I'm very upset with myself. Um, And I will search till my, the end of my life for it. But this song is just like, when I started getting into relationships and one day I think I was like 17 and this guy that I was talking to just disappeared uh, and well, I was like, Ugh, happens. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And so I went to Beyonce and I started listening to, you know, her typical breakup songs. But okay. then I was like, no, there's a song I remember that I need to get back in my life because there are a lot, like there's so much music catalog in my head that sometimes I forget the title of a song. Yes. And so I'm like, no, I need to find it, start singing the song. And I go find the song and I just listen to it. And I don't think, I think I listened to that song for a week straight without oh, listening yeah. to anything else. That's one like, of those. I just, it was just worth my time and my energy to make me feel better. And every time I felt low or upset, I would listen to that song. And to this day, when this song comes on, I'm always just like, me, myself, oh, yeah. nah, that's all that. I, I go off every time because oh, you have to. It's it's that type of song. Even she, It's so good that she put it in her Coachella performance. And, okay, and in the Formation tour, she sang a little bit of it. I'll never forget seeing her sing it live because I, I, had, I had seen her a few times before and she had never done it live. And then when I yeah. saw the formation tour, I saw a bit of it, and I was with my friend Danielle, and that's also like one of our favorite songs. Like both of us just love it, yeah. and we just had a moment where we're like, "Oh my god!" You see, like this is the Beyonce that I fell in love with. Like this, mm-hmm. it's R and B, and it's just so, but it's so real. And, and but the thing is, like a lot of I think a lot of people feel about R and B who aren't R and B music lovers feel that sometimes it can get a little bit boring. That's what they feel. And I feel like this song is one of those songs that even the non R and B lovers like 
because this song is pure oh. R&B. This is an R&B song to a T. The lyrics, the melodies, the beat, all of it. I don't see any pop oh. in this song. And everybody loved this song. So it's just one of those universally amazing tracks. I agree. I think people who don't listen to... I'm an R&B head, as you know. So oh, like, yes. R&B never gets boring. Me neither, darling. But, but we're talking... like <laughs> I'm talking like, listen, in Brazil or like whatnot. Like, yeah, where they have a lot of like, you know, up-tempo. This song just... It, but I think it's the lyrics. Yes. Lyrically, the content is what keeps you listening. It it's relatable and how the and melody is kind of like song. talking you know like she's she's like singing it but she's like me myself and I it's kind of like a talk all I got in it she's talking it but it's like she's singing it too so it feels like you're hearing a story as well it's giving me girl vibes a little bit Destiny's Child yeah. uh, you know what I'm that song iconic and I love the video to this song with the bangs holy shit Woo! listen Beyonce in a bang is great well <laughs> listen not always <laughs> not always but <laughs> Okay, you know what, for this song, for this... For this, for this video, video with, like, the straight great. bangs, like, down... Like, yeah, she was giving me fire. She was giving. And she was giving what she had to give. Yeah. And I applaud her for, you know, making something so relatable that even now in 2021, I can sit down and listen to me, myself, and I and scream it at the top of my lungs because it still applies to life. I am going to move on to number seven. And, Britt, do you know what song is number seven? Yes. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> the song is Yes. It's one of my favorite songs. Oh, God, yes, it is. It's a song that makes you feel emotions. <laughs> Go off. Go off. Oh, man. How do you feel about this song, Brittany? I love it. I I relate to this, this song on, like, a deep spiritual level. And I say that because there have been so many relationships where I've been a yes man. And then when I finally give in to my own, like, no... The person looks at me like I've done fucked up their life and made them miserable. And I'm like, what? I all I all I did was say no. Like <laughs> and it's no to the littlest thing, you know. Like I I was in a relationship like almost two years ago and I was like I said no to something and they just lost their mind and I was like all I did was say no. Well the problem is in relationships. When you put yourself in a position where you say yes to things all the time and you're always the submissive personality what ends up happening is the moment you start to either A, object, it could be the smallest little thing or it could be a serious situation, a mm. problem will happen. For either, whether it be a small problem, like you guys just act differently to each other, or then there becomes animosity. You know why? Because once you get used to something, it's like, why are you changing it? This is how it's been. Yeah. It's one of those things. And that's the thing. I, I learned through many, like, not even just relationships, but friendships that, you know, at the end of the day, you have to have your own backbone and set your own boundaries. And if you don't do that, people are going to assume that whenever you, whenever they ask of something, they get that yes. And this song really, really pinpoints the fact that like, yo, there are some people and sometimes, you know what, sometimes people take no and they hug it and they hold it and they say, you know what, that's okay. But there are those people in the world, like the song says that like the first time I said no, it's like I never, never. said yes. And it's like, what? It could be five minutes before I said yes to something and then I say no to something else and you're like, what? Why did you say no? And it's just kind of like one of those things where you just have to kind of understand, I, I said no, mm -hmm. but it's not the end of the world and that's me setting my own boundaries and if the person doesn't respect that afterwards, then how? Kick them to the curb. Come on now. Something fun we should point out is that Beyonce co-wrote not just this song, but 12 out of the 15 songs. So yeah. she, you know, it, it, makes you re it makes you think like, who was she talking about? I've always wondered who she dated before Jay-Z, like I was saying earlier. And I know there was one serious relationship. I don't know his name. I think he was someone who just wasn't in the business. Yeah. And that is most likely what this song is about. But, I mean, listen, she was 21 years old. Most of us by earlier than that feel that. But I was around a little later than that when I felt that feeling. So, all right. Number eight. Yeah. Something tells me you love this song, Britt. Um, you know, I love it, but I hate it. I have a love-hate relationship with the song. Okay, um, well, the song is called Signs, featuring Missy Elliott. Yeah. Let's, you know, let the Planet 2000s listeners know. I love yeah. this song. I'd love to know what you feel, and I'm gonna... I just need people to know that Britt is a very big, just astrology person. Yeah. We have all the same... Me? Oh, oh, why haven't we said this? We have all the same sign moments. I need you to explain all this to yeah, everyone right now. Three. Go. Come on. Come so... on, give it to me. Our big three, our sun is Taurus, our moon is Gemini, and our rising is Leo. And I actually think, it like, now that I found that out, because we only found this out, like, what, like, two weeks ago? Yeah. But now that I found that out, it makes more sense as to why we're the same individual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because we think the same, 
we um the way we project ourselves and the way people see us is the same, the same but the way that we are internally is the same it's it's mind-blowing to me and the only reason why i like have a love-hate relationship with this song is because i feel like the song is great and i i love the musicality of the song and i love the missy elliott feature but okay. my issue is the fact that the definitions and the oh okay it of the signs okay. everything they use to define the signs is very stereotypical i mean it just Oh, let me pull up the lyrics. Pull up the lyrics. Let's read them. The only thing I can remember right now is that he was sexy like a Taurus. And I was like, you're right. We're pretty sexy. Yeah, we're, we're fine as hell, and that's fine. But, like, I think it was just very basic, you know, very generic. The one thing that I will point out that I love about this song is she says she's in love with a Sagittarius, and Jay-Z's a Sagittarius. Of course. But That basically on. confirmed um, it to people. That confirmed, like, because at that time she was always denying their relationship. Then they heard this. They're like, bitch, you're dating him. Yeah. I'm right. in love with a Sagittarius, Britney Spears. Right. You know? I, I my, my girlfriend's a Sagittarius, so... We, we give love to the Sages. Right. And, I mean, I don't know. Like, she says I was in love with a Sagittarius, he blew my mind, and I'm like, yeah, okay, like, they do that. They do that. And then he also had a flip side, too much like a Gemini. And, like, because I have a Gemini moon, I take offense to that, but then, like, at the same time, I understand how my emotions can feel flop. Yes. So... I don't want to take offense to it, but I do. He was freaky like a Taurus, the way he handled me. I mean, I, we, we freaky. I can't even lie. I love it. I feel like when people write songs about the signs, it's always nasty. Uh-huh. It's always something generically just like sexual about it. Okay, fine. Whereas like, sometimes I feel like we need to put some more depth in there. You know? I'll, I'll give it to you. I don't know. Personally, I find it nice and clever, but that's just me. Okay. Well, the reason why we find it nice and clever is because she has nothing but nice things to say about Taurus. Well, fine. Maybe if I was one of the ones that... <laughs> what was the... What's, like, the rudest one in that song? Um, she doesn't really, like, do anybody dirty in the song, to be honest. She really does play up Virgo, though, and, like... Well, she is a Virgo. I'm just gonna keep my comments to myself. Every time I see Virgo and I'm just like, we get it, you think you're Beyonce. Like, <laughs> that's my... my <laughs> that's my thing. Deadass. Every time. Every Virgo I've met is like... Well, I'm a Virgo and so is Beyonce. That's great. I have Janet Jackson in it. I was just going to say, we have Janet. That's, which no shade to Beyonce, but Janet, just to me, is a little more iconic. Just to me. No shade. We love. No, no, it's not about shade. Just Janet's been in the game longer. So her icon status has been there longer. That's it. And of course, and she's just, she's Janet Jackson. Okay. But you can ask, but you can ask Beyonce too. And she loves Janet. So I'm okay. It's okay that we said that. And we're okay. Number nine. Another beautiful track. Speechless. Oh, God. This is a beautiful baby-making song, if you ask me. It's absolutely. <laughs> the the pauses for musical interlude where Ooh. she literally implies that she's speechless yep. is absolutely fantastic. Her tone is everything. The sultry, beautiful, like the sultry tone, the sultry way she sings the song, the way that she just sexually flows through. Oh my god! This is like great. her Tony Braxton moment a little bit, just in the terms Tony of Tony Braxton moment that we've always wanted but never received. Exactly, just in terms of like the sound, not necessarily her vocals, just like this type of song. Yeah, just beautiful. All right, uh, number ten. <clears throat> Oh, excuse me. Ooh. Uh, number 10. He's <laughs> talking oh, so much. Like I feel like Dua Lipa at the Grammys coughing everywhere. Okay. Right. Number 10, That's How You Like It, featuring Jay-Z. A fun song. A fun track. It's, it's fun. It's not my favorite. Oh. Um, on my list of Beyonce-Jay-Z collabs, it's probably at the bottom of my list. Really? Personally. Yeah. Um, it's, really? Really? It gives very juvenile to me. It's very fun. I love it. I love the song. See, this is the thing. I can't say many negative things about Beyonce because I love her. Um, right, yes. <laughs> and yes. when she collabs with Jay-Z, I love it even more. Of course. But when I think of, like, Beyonce and Jay-Z collaborations, I'll think Crazy in Love or Deja Vu or... Um, on the Run for me is a On the line. Run Part 2. Yes. Because that's a, that's a bop. But, like, when I don't, I don't immediately okay. think... It's a, it's a write-off. It, it, like, I'm not saying single vibes, like, not as a single, no. but, like, it's a fun song. Like, I like it. Yeah. I used to like it when I was a kid. I remember number 10 being one of my favorite songs on the album. This number, I was just like, I love that. That's how you like it. I thought it was very whimsical. It, it's a fun song. That's it's, how you like it, baby. She's cute. That's my favorite part. Yeah. yeah. She's cute. Number 11, The Closer I Get to You with Luther <sighs> Vandross, the late, great Luther Vandross. A cover of a track by Donny Hathaway and who else? It's a... 
It's Donny Hathaway and Roberta Flack. Ah. Yeah. Yes, Killing Me Softly. Beautiful song. I love this song, actually. I've always loved it. My mother loved Luther Vandross when I was growing up. I remember. Yeah, when so I was did very, my mom. Very young. I don't think he had died yet, but he was sick at this time. It has to play at my wedding. Yeah. Vocally, that was probably one of my favorite moments. Well, he's for... one of the best male vocalists of all time. If not the best, if, you know, like, if we're just going to keep yeah. it real. In terms of vocals? Oh, God. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. I love the... The melody, just the... It stays in the same tone the whole time. There's no, like, you know, grandiose movement or anything. But it's, it's just so good. It's just talent. It makes me happy inside. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay, so this next song... Okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. So remember when I said Crazy in Love and Me, Myself, and I are my favorite songs? Yeah. So lied. I lied. I lied. This is my favorite Beyonce song of all time. 150%. Yeah. I can't, I'm actually insulted that I, I said otherwise. Dangerously in Love too. I have an unpopular opinion and my unpopular opinion okay is like, am i gonna prefer... have to hang up this call like what the hell's going on here <laughs> what is going on here no 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 no. listen listen i love this song okay i will always scream dangerously in love at the top of my lungs for the rest of my life until i am 95 and old and can't sing anymore however i prefer the destiny's child version okay 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 hold on okay I can accept that. <laughs> I love the song. No, I can. And Beyonce does it justice. Yes, yes, I can this, accept. I can accept no that. <laughs> yeah. Because that that version is perfection as well. Yeah, they're, they're both perfection. Like I can't really pick, but whenever I listen, whenever I hear "Dangerously in Love" in my head, I hear Kelly Rowland's powerful background. Oh, vocals. you're so right. I, 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 I and feel... the intro is a little bit different on the Destiny's Child version. It feels a little bit more adult on the Destiny's Child version. This one feels a little bit more um, radio. Does that make sense? Yeah, this is very much, this can play on the radio so people can listen to it. When you hear it on the Destiny's Child album, you just sit there and listen to it in just tears. Yeah. Because it's just so powerful. Like, And there's something about a good Kelly Rowland background vocal. I don't know what it is, but when she comes in with her alto, I just want to cry. Her voice is amazing. This version... I will say I absolutely adore as well, though. We can't we can't knock it. She performed oh. it. She performed it. I want to say it was the American Music Awards of 2003. I have to double check. Um, but there's one particular performance where she just knocked it right out of the park. And it's like, I was always surprised that she didn't release it as an official single because it has everything you want. Beautiful vocals, beautiful lyrics, beautiful melody. It's still commercial. The name of the damn album. This is Beyonce Hall of Fame for me. For me. It's amazing. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. And vocally, she gives a great performance. I, I completely agree. I think it's wonderful. And she does what she has to do for the track and the song. Like, I'll still sing this version. It doesn't matter what version you give me. I'm still going to sing it. But Dangerously in Love 2, it's kind of like, you know, what Destiny's Child does, Independent Woman and Independent Woman Part 2. Right. Ooh, you, you cracked up a little bit there. I think that was Michelle, the ghost of Michelle, a little bit upset at you. <laughs> Because she doesn't sing on the version that you... Because you you gave Kelly Rowland props, but we haven't talked about Michelle's voice. Who I love. Um, I love Michelle, okay? I appreciate it. She's a bridge queen. She's I appreciate a... her for her <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say about the matter. Do you, remember the poor, do you remember the poor Michelle blog? <laughs> do you remember I, that like they listen, played like clips Michelle when she like <laughs> when she like fell at her performance for BET and, <laughs> and how she was always at the end we love Michelle okay number 13 Beyonce interlude I believe the harmonies are colors <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do my Beyonce voice with that you know that southern voice that she has a cute Yo, girl interlude is it's cute. I, I appreciate it for, for being a spoken wordist myself. I appreciate the words, uh, the wordplay. I appreciate how she put it together. But I also think that... You could have done without no, it. No, that's it. Yeah, I could have done without it. <laughs> but I, I think know. it's cute. She believes harmonies are colors. and what was I mean, it? they are. She was like something about, um, I couldn't paint you because the colors weren't beautiful enough or something, right? Yeah. It right. speaks to me. Yeah, like lyrically, it speaks to me. Now, she, could she have sang it? Probably. Right, but I think she was trying to give a um, a spoken word Carly Simon vibe. Um, whatever, we love an artistic queen, poetic lyricist. Listen, <laughs> go off at poetic lyricist underscore. Tell everyone where to follow you on Instagram. Just FYI. Um, yeah. So Instagram is at poetic lyricist underscore. Same thing with Twitter. Number fourteen. Okay, I don't like this song. Gift from Virgo. <laughs> 
it's very it's very Virgo braggy, and I know Virgos are her Earth sign sisters, but um, if I were to pick an Earth sign to kick out, it would be the Virgo. But a gift from Virgo is cute. Not my favorite, but it's, it's a cute. boring song for me, and I could have done without it. And like we said earlier, you're telling me that you recorded forty three thongs, forty three thongs, forty three songs. Sorry, English, <laughs> forty three songs, and this is what you decided to put on. Something tells me there would have been some better moments. I'm just saying. Probably, but I mean, in true Virgo fashion, she had to let everybody know that she is the gift, and she's still to the, she's the gift. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, last song on the album. It was actually a hidden track on the CD, so what does a hidden track mean, for those of you who don't know? Back in the day, they would... So you'd have a CD, right? And the back of the CD would have the names of the songs, and that's how you'd know what songs are on the CD. But sometimes they'd do a hidden track where if you just kept the CD playing, the song would come on, but it wasn't on the track listing or in any of the promos, and it was kind of like a surprise. So this song, Daddy, was one of them now for all y'all nasties out there it's not what you think no okay? it's not what you think you disgusting people daddy <laughs> um daddy is cute i think it is it it's about her she father. says it herself she didn't want to put it on the album because she thought it was a little too juvenile which and he... um i mean the song is all about her her unborn son and her husband being like her father which um, which which we just have to point out i can guarantee you she if she would not sing the same lyrics today right not well, after we're his... just not gonna go there anyways <laughs> it's cute it's it's if you have a daddy which i don't it's a cute song for the rest of us like it, i understand what she's trying to say and it's adorable it's a cute little bop it's not on spotify it's on Apple Music, but it's not on Spotify. Oh, it's not on Spotify. No, when I clicked the album this morning on Spotify, it was not there. But when I went to Apple Music, it was there. This album I listened to on Apple. So I use both. I use Spotify and Apple. Spotify is more for those like playlists and random songs that I'm trying to listen to. Whereas Apple, yeah. I listen to my albums and I play an album in full. Okay, well, listen, that does the official track list. But I do want to point out a few little songs that were on some different special editions. And we still know them. So uh, we talked about it a little earlier, Work It Out, which was the song from the Austin Powers in Gold mm -hmm. member soundtrack. It was available on the European, Latin American, and Australian edition of the album. Fun fact for you guys who don't know, this is before streaming, right? So how would you buy or listen to music? You would buy it in the store or CD. So what they did in different territories, record labels would... So the, let's say um, Columbia Records, because that's her label, right? They would have yeah. different branches in the UK and Latin America. So the UK branch would call up, be like, hey, give us an extra song. And so they'd put a song just for the UK listeners. It was a way to entice people to buy it and make it feel special. Side note, Japan always got the best ones, but that's another story. That's so true. It's very rude, but yeah. And so Work It Out was available in those territories, Europe, Latin America, and Australia. So basically most of the world just not here. <laughs> I love this song, though. It's so funky. Tamper your horn now, bitch. I mean, Pharrell Williams, okay? That's An icon. And Austin Powers and Goldmember will always be one of my favorite movies of all time. Listen, I'm not the biggest fan of Beyonce as an actress, but she did her thing in that mm. fucking movie. She did. I'm sorry. She did. I'm not a fan of her as an actress either. Um, I feel like there's maybe like three movies that I can recall where I'm like, okay, yeah, you can do the acting thing. Austin Other Powers, that, Dream Girls, she... and Cadillac Records. Give me something else where she was good. Honestly, I like Obsessed, but I think I like it for Idris Elba. So well, we're just gonna go same. There. That movie's iconic, but anyway, moving <laughs> right along now. Oh, three Bonnie and Clyde, of course, the iconic. <sighs> that song is everything. I love. That is my favorite. One of my favorite collabs by them. The music video is everything. The song is amazing. I rap Jay-Z's part and sing Beyonce's part, and I feel like a bad bitch every time I do it. Fun fact about this song, you guys, there was a huge feud with Toni Braxton, <laughs> because she had her song come out, Me and My Boyfriend, which sampled the same Tupac song. We should point out that it's a sample from a Tupac song, yeah. or, or is it Machiavelli, his group? It's one of the two, but it's a it's a beautiful song. The point of the matter is, she used the same sample, and she literally went into like publications and said, Jay-Z and Beyonce are stealing food out of my children's mouth by stealing this sample that I'm going to use, but it's kind of like, girl, it's kind of fair game sweetie you know what i mean it's like yeah it is what it 
is. Think but... about how many people in life use the same sample, and it's just about how you use it and who does it better, really, at that point. And, th- and I'm sure there's people in the world who like Tony's version better than Beyonce's. Well, the thing is, is that here, they also use a sample of If I Was Your Girlfriend by Prince, so they used two samples and made an amazing song out of it, so it's a little different. Honestly, such a great first album. An amazing first album. Yeah, it's one of those albums where you think, wow, you debuted beautifully. And set the precedent... Not just for your own career, but for other girls and for other artists who are coming out right now. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember this time. This was the time when there was a lot of pressure because all the girls from Destiny's Child were going solo. So remember Michelle and Kelly had their solo album. So it was like, who was going to have the most successful one? Even though everyone kind well, of knew. Everybody knew who was going to have the most successful album. I don't think it was about competition wise, but I do think that all three of them had a good coming out solo career. It was just about how it was maintained. And I feel like Michelle gave her us her gospel album, which I listened to as a kid because my mom's Christian. So it was a very... Um, well-played album in my house and it was it was cute and then kelly Rowland gave us dilemma with nelly and that was a great time and, stole. and then you know Such oh my god song. stole i i can't listen to that song too often because it makes me sad it's one um, of those yes oh it's absolutely gorgeous but she gave us a, she gave us a good bop too but i think everybody knew what beyonce was going to be yeah everyone knew everyone knew it's amazing because not only was she, did she prove it but she gave us more she gave us more. And to this day, this is my second favorite Beyonce album. Sometimes it's my first, but it is my second favorite because four is just a perfect album. Oh God, it's perfection. But honestly, for me, this is my third favorite. Because for me, it's you have four, a ranking? Yes. Then self-titled. Okay. Self-titled always has my heart. I don't... Oof. And then it goes dangerously in love. We love, we love Beyonce. From 1990 to 2009 is my favorite era of music. Why? Because you had to be a performer. You had to be a performer. You had to put in effort. You had to be able to sing. You couldn't just come out and... No offense to some people, because there are some people in this generation who can sing. Of course, of course. There are a lot of people who are coming out now who actually have vocal talent. But you had to be able to perform. You had to be able to... You didn't have to play an instrument, but you had to be a performer on that stage. And if you weren't, we were just looking at you like, okay, if your song was good, you got your one hit. But if you couldn't perform, if you then couldn't you be up to the level of Michael Jackson and Prince and Madonna, you weren't getting anything. Nope. But yeah, no, Beyonce, just going back to B, she is that generation of amazing performer. And that's why people are so enamored with her still, because she is still around, but not, and not many of them are, because a lot of them are just in different phases of their life right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she still is making music and, you know, still making videos. Like, she just put out Black is King last year, right? So, so good. and you know, making big deals, you know, Disney Plus, IAPAC. So she's still very much around. So that's why that's what they're seeing. Yeah. But we love her. It's amazing to see where how far she's come. The fact that she made an album like Dangerously in Love in 2003 and now what she's doing today, it's quite the trajectory, don't you think? Oh, for sure. She definitely, she definitely set herself up for success. And there was nothing that started her career from Destiny's Child to Dangerously in Love all the way up to the gift that she just gave us recently. There's nothing that says that she's not the icon that she is. She earned that title and she maintained it. That face was everything at the Grammys. (laughs) Right. Well, thank you guys for listening. I hope you're all going to jam Dangerous Scene Love today. My beautiful Brittany, I want you to tell everybody you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at poetic lyricist underscore. And yeah, that's really about it. Get your life. Well, we're going to do this again because there's way more Beyonce to talk about and I wouldn't want to talk about her with anyone else but you. Thank y'all for okay. listening. Say bye. Bye. <laughs> Alrighty, y'all. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.